0: The Incomparable, number 225, December 2014.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Snell, and we're here for uh, an edition of our book club. I would like to, first off, uh, recognize that Scott McNulty is not here for the book club, not because he didn't read the book and, in fact, like the book a lot and recommend it to many of us, but because he's a good son and he has to help his mom move. And he's moving, he's like moving his mom from one state to another or something right now. So, oh, good job, Aww. Scott. Yeah. Good job. We're sorry you're, you're not here, but I have wonderful people here with me to talk about this book in absence of Mr. McNulty. Erica Ensign's out there. Hello.
2: I am here indeed.
1: In, hello. In nice, well, <laughs> that's almost <laughs> like your Galaxy Quest hello from last week, but. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> I don't remember.
3: Oh, were you on a Galaxy Quest podcast?
1: Yep. Yeah, i was uh-huh. just repeat everything the computer says that's all you need to do <laughs> yep that you you heard lisa Schmeiser, who's also here and has also hi. read this book i hope
3: hello yes hi i've read the whole trilogy
1: look at that me too me too
3: mm-hmm. me three
1: yeah, all right. and david laura is also out here you've read the whole trilogy it's the
0: end of the world as we know it and spoiler horn I feel fine.
1: <laughs> well, we're, we're going to be doing some spoiler horn action here. I think, <laughs> I think we will, since we've all read all three books. We will mm-hmm. do a little bit of spoiler horning, and uh, as we go. So, if you've only read, if you've read none of the books, when you hear that first spoiler horn, you will want to dive uh, away from your comfortable chair and press the button marked spoiler horn on your phone or podcast <laughs> app of choice and not listen to the rest and then likewise if you haven't read the second book we'll have another spoiler horn And so now
2: I, i'm just picturing one of those staples commercials easy buttons on yeah. everybody's desk that just has a picture just of the spoiler, spoiler horn, horn.
1: yep yeah, that's <laughs> right that's right you just dive, dive over there hit the the soft friendly button and know that uh, you're not going to be spoiled then because you've you've uh, called you've summoned the spoiler horn to your side something like that uh, anyway, the last policeman is what we're what we're talking about, and and the last policeman series apparently by Ben Winters, uh, the 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 third book in the series came out relatively recently. I read these books in <laughs> a matter of days. In fact, I believe I was on a, I, I was on a trip to Montreal for the Singleton uh, conference and I read the last policeman on the flight to Montreal and I immediately bought the other two books. And I, I you know, by the time I got back, I think I was in the middle of the third book. I was mm-hmm. just, uh, and that's actually, I think a great endorsement. These books are a lot of fun to read just even before we start talking about what they are. I mean, they, they, they go fast. They're a lot of fun. And it's been a while since I really ripped through a series. Like I ripped Mm. through the last policeman.
3: They're very Mm. tightly written. There's not a lot of extraneous stuff in there. And that's what I appreciate is that there's not a whole lot of time wasting. So these are,
1: you know, one of the things I really like about the, the series is that these are, for lack of a better word, these are detective novels. These are, Mm -hmm. these are, these are, these are police you know, police slash detective slash crime novels with uh, and I remember Scott and Lisa both talking about this because you guys read it before the rest of us, I think. Yeah, these are um, the, the the spin to the to the uh, the detective novel, the pr- procedural crime novel is that the earth has been given a an unpleasant diagnosis, which is that it's going to be hit by an asteroid. And these aren't spoilers. This is in the beginning of the first book. It becomes very mm-hmm. clear very rapidly that the, the the planet is going to be probably destroyed by an asteroid, and society is beginning to break down. And amid the breakdown of society, there's a guy who's a policeman and is trying to solve uh uh, what he believes is a murder even though nobody else does so i love Mm -hmm. that that it's the you know it's a plot that you've probably seen before you know in in a a a voice and a style that you've seen before and then it's got this bizarre shard of a science fictional element that just kind of upsets everything so you never know quite what's going to happen next it's just such a great idea for a for Mm -hmm. a book on top of that
3: detective henry palace he gets promoted right around the time that everything goes to pot.
1: yes jobs are available for people yes. who are still around
3: <laughs> yeah and basically people have
1: just wandered off yeah they like go to yeah. Florida or New Orleans right and they're yeah. like well what Whatever.
3: there's been a wait there have been mass suicides evidently yeah, right. um but what I really admire about Henry in this book and actually through the whole series is his dogged insistence on honoring this internal ideal of civilization where he's like if murders happen it's my job to solve them because if we don't solve crimes what are we you know what, right. what makes us human or not human, and so he basically lives out his his life as a meditation on what it means to be human when you're facing extinction. And I really like that because he never comes out and says it explicitly, but it's implicit in everything he does. He's one of my favorite fictional characters this year.
1: Mm. I I think it's a really good character. Um, I I I agree with you. The the undercurrent in this entire series is um, uh, well, there are lots of things, but one of them is very much. Um, what are we, what are we here for? What does society mean? Um, what is the value of having a civilization? And when you're, when your civilization gets a terminal diagnosis, it's really interesting. It's that moment of, um, you know, reflection of when when you, when you get that, uh, when you get that diagnosis, what do you do? Do you say, oh, it doesn't matter and do crazy things? Or do you say, well, you know, I want to. I want to make I want to make this matter because there's not a lot of time left. And what what Henry Palace does is um, say it matters to him, even if and he's not like it should matter to you too. So much as it's like, no, it matters to me. Somebody should be doing this, and that is so the policeman, right? That is such the somebody's got to stand here. Somebody's gotta gotta stand up for this guy who didn't do it, or find the real killer, or whatever that that a, you get from a lot of. Of of police stories and detective stories anyway, except for him, he's you know he's also sort of standing up for society as a as a concept that somebody should still be solving crimes even though we're all going to die in a year.
3: I, I pulled up the passage that hooked me on the first book, and this isn't really this is, again. This doesn't spoil the plot, but this tells you what you're in for. Where uh, it starts with a lot of bucket listers returned disappointed, and a lot of newly minted criminals and wild pleasure seekers have found themselves in jail, waiting in terrified solitude for October. So, yeah, there are differences in behavior, but they're in the margins. The main difference, from a law enforcement perspective, is more atmospheric, harder to define. I would characterize the mood here in town as that of a child who isn't in trouble yet, but knows he's going to be. Confused, (laughs) sad, trembling against the knowledge of what comes next, and right on the edge of violence. Not angry, but anxious in a way that can easily shade into anger. And it was just this beautiful... what I really liked is how he raises and dismisses the whole idea of bucket lists and people gone wild in, in just a few <laughs> sentences. Because um, I remember reading the fla- the novel that launched the Flash Forward TV series. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's Robert Sawyer, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah.
3: And I remember reading that, and my biggest problem with that was there wasn't, a, for me, there wasn't a lot of convincing world world building or even dismissals of, but what about this? What about that? There was just a lot that doesn't get sketched out. And one of the things Winters does consistently in this book is um, he anticipates almost every what if and then you know tells you yeah well this is how it goes down well what about bucket listers well yeah they're there and it has not gone well for them or what about religious pilgrims yeah well they've set themselves on fire or what about xyz and it's just casually woven into the background and um and you can see that normal life is beginning to fray and it adds to the tension in the book too because you know everything is beginning to devolve into entropy that's that's the whole sense of the book is is everything's going to entropy and the end is disorderly and messy and he ends it worse than he started the book and well, then you're and, like more i want more
1: and police <laughs> and 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 the police and and people who are committed to finding the you know who's responsible for crimes mm-hmm. these are the people who are standing against the entropy but the world is spinning out of control in 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 this in this book it hasn't spun yet but you know it will um, and in fact, this whole crime is him investigating a suicide, and they're so common that everybody just doesn't even care. And something about the crime makes him think: I don't think this guy killed himself. I think this was a murder made to look like a suicide. And it's such a great moment because even his, even among his colleagues, um, they kind of have checked out because um, it's just so easy to say, "Well, this is a suicide," and that's, um, and maybe it's because he's new uh but he the you know palace cares and wants to investigate it and they sort of humor him it's a it's really yeah yeah
3: it's, it's the culmination of a dream he's had since he was 12 because he mentions that where he's had the same dream when he was 12 that he gets sworn in as a detective and it's the culmination of his life's work and it gives his life meaning
1: right it's. And yeah. so I feel like
3: this is kind of his <laughs> way of saying, "This is it.
2: My life has to mean something before it ends. Right. he gets it yeah. in just under the wire, yeah mm-hmm. uh, jumping off of what Jason was saying about the uh his his coworkers, I find it interesting that you know we're talking about all the different levels of things that can happen and and I, I i I like the fact that he still has coworkers that are doing things, but he, as a main character, really does stand out because he is like you said, standing up for this and his co-workers have kind of checked out. There's, they haven't run away. They're still there doing it. But it's kind of like, you know, when you, you get the detective, uh, the stereotypical detective that's been on the force for 40 years who's just kind of waiting for retirement and still collecting that paycheck and warming his chair and not really trying very hard. And, and there are a variety of different ages of, of the people who are still left. But you get the, the impression that they're kind of doing the same thing. They're just sort of like they don't really know what else to do, so they're just going to fill up their time. <laughs> This way, but they're yeah. not going to try too hard because <laughs> why bother? Well, one one of the
0: things that struck me about him is that uh, he reminds me of Detective Bayless at the beginning of the the series Homicide,
2: mm.
1: who
0: you know he's just promoted. He's always wanted to be a murder police, right? And that's the thinking man's policeman. And he gets his first case, and it he, he gets obsessed with it, and he wants to get it right, and he wants to solve it because it's his first case. And um, it it was that kind of obsession with this is my first thing and this thing that I've always wanted to do and I need to do it right. And I'm not going to shortcut. I'm not going to forget it. I'm not just going to go, oh, it's a suicide and go on to the next thing. And I kind of like that stick-to-itiveness.
1: I like the feeling that um – I mean, I think we all experience this. Either that, or I'm extremely unlucky personally. Um, <laughs> you, you get somewhere, and everybody says, "Well, yeah, it's okay now, but boy, you should have been here back when the salad days, right?" It's always in the yes. salad days. And, and 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 for Palace, this is—it's just so true. He he finally gets this thing that he wants when kind of nobody wants it, and nobody really wants him to do it. But you know, by gum, he's going to do it. But there's that also that feeling of loss—not just at the loss of of uh of civilization but his loss that this is his big dream and now it gets here and it's sort of been devalued like like you know i i just i that really struck me too that that the party yeah. i'm finally here at the party just when the party is over
0: the band is packing up the yeah. caterers have left
1: i finally got in yeah.
2: <laughs> yes and they're gone <laughs> well i i would like to also um <laughs> Point out, Jason. Before you were des- describing your your ride and reading these books is really fun, and and I think that we have a very different idea of uh, what fun <laughs> is because that is. N- I think we've established that, haven't we? Yeah. That I like a yeah. little dark sometimes. That is. I mean, I like things dark, but I would not characterize uh, my feelings about that as a uh, as fun. I guess um, these are they're excellent mm. books, so I wouldn't be here talking about them. But I I do kind of want to give a warning to anybody who has not read these books. Mm. If you if you are the kind of person who knows that that this type of end of the world stuff might bring you down and you are in a fragile state of mind, I would recommend waiting. Yeah, <laughs> Wait I, until you're a little bit more solid yeah, because I agree. I'm I I was a little iffy just on the, you know, the description of these books of uh, as to whether or not I should read them in the first place, but I was like, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll think about it. And then actually one of our our kind listeners um purchased the first book for me off of my amazon wish list, so i was like all right it's a sign it was meant to be and and i read it and it, the first book was so good that i immediately mm. purchased the second one and it was like i don't know two and a half three days or something like that that i zipped mm-hmm. through them and i'm still not sure <laughs> if that was a good idea <laughs> or not yeah i I don't know if it was a chicken in the egg thing, but I was I was in a really bad place mm-hmm. as I read these books, and and I can't blame them entirely because I might have been anyway. But I mean, yeah, things got kind of kind of dicey and ugly there. So watch yourself mm. if you're not sure. I agree. I, I definitely felt that too. Um, when
1: I finished, I did not come out of finishing the third book like uh, you know fresh and re- and refreshed and ready to <laughs> seize the day. I was like, oh, Whew, like that was an orbeal. wow
3: i i'm gonna have to reveal myself as a soulless monster then <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too
1: <laughs> I,
0: I i read them as they came out so i had a year pause in between each one uh which which helps mm. yeah um because i could good. see i i don't i don't usually get that empathetic with a book but there are occasionally like like graham green's the power and the glory i've never finished it because it he portrays uh, Depression and desolation so well, and I'm just like, nope, nope, I can't finish this book.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and and there's a little bit of that in this, but it's it's also a detective story, which is cool. So I enjoyed it.
3: I wanted to make sure he was going to be okay within a very limited subset of what <laughs> okay could possibly be. <laughs> but um, the that, that that one of the things I want to address though is if you do read the trilogy, rest assured that it is really well read and really well thought out and the ending is immensely gratifying and it's a it's yes, and it yeah. makes sense it's not because that was my big mm-hmm. no because i had read the first one like the beginning of the, like literally two weeks before the second one came out and i immediately bought that one and ripped through it and then i pre <laughs> and then i pre-ordered the third one and i almost never do that because i prefer to buy my books mm-hmm. used and um but i immediately bought it new for kindle and when it came out the day it came out i i, I blocked out some time and read it and when i was done i was like <sighs> I no, I was relieved because it could have yeah. gone so it could have gone so bad and he could have broken faith with the reader. And instead, he, he writes a book that is so consistent to who Henry is. And so consistent mm. with the story he began telling in the first book that this trilogy really hangs together as as a perfect three piecer that makes sense. And um, oh, yeah. it, it sticks I like the that landing. a lot. Yeah, it's six yeah. That's a good way of putting. It sticks the landing. So I really, I was relieved because I would have been angry if they hadn't done that. It
1: right. doesn't necessarily mean it's a feel good. I mean, this whole the whole <laughs> series, it, it is consistent, and that, I think that's what what you're saying is. It, I agree. I think the ending is consistent and not a rip off and all those things. The fact is, this is ultimately about the sort End of the world destruction of well I, in fact you could say it's we because we all talked about the stand a little while ago mm-hmm. it is a, a few chapters of the stand right it is it is how yeah. society unravels and how people face and react to death and that's what it's about
3: there's a ya series called this world we live in um i'm trying to, i'm googling who, who 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 does it now but um, the premise is that a rogue—it's always a rogue asteroid. Oh yeah, or the,
1: isn't that the one where the moon blows up?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's or it's, gets um, hit
1: by an asteroid yeah, or something. Yeah, it's it's
3: Susan Beth Pfeffer. Mm-hmm. and yeah, the, the moon gets hit by an asteroid, knocks it out of orbit, and in and in turn, what that does is that screws with the oceans. T- that screws with the oceans' tides, and then the caldera under Yellowstone explodes.
1: Yeah. So
3: oh, so the Earth effectively goes into. A, what what us old people would call a nuclear winter state like there's no more sun and um the climate change is radical and 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 very sudden and society breaks down and so i had read um the first three books in that series when they came out Um, oh yeah like i read them in like 2011 which was not the best time to read them (laughs) and (laughs) uh, well i was postpartum at the time too so totally not helping (laughs) (laughs) So I had already gone through and read a trilogy about this is what happens when when massive catastrophe hits, and this is what happens to the people who are left standing. And so in the back of my mind, the whole time I was reading The Last Policeman, and I admit the subsequent two books, um, I was impressed with how humanely he treated the idea of suicide. Because while it's true he does um he does investigate murders, he does also raise a lot of very good points about whether... When it makes sense to have a survival instinct that kicks in versus when it makes sense to throw in the towel and then he starts talking about the scams that people have started pulling on each other or the desperate measures they're taking. And and I found that actually a lot more upsetting than the notion that a comet would, would hit the planet. It was the idea of not knowing whether you wanted to live or die that, that I have the most trouble with with these books. Yeah.
1: <laughs> should we fire off the spoiler horn or is there more we should do on this side of it?
2: I think I gave my warning so I'm good. Yeah. All right. Okay. No. I
1: think I think that's I think that's right. This definitely can leave you. I definitely felt like I was I was picked up by these books and then when I was left off although I really enjoyed the reading experience, I was left in a different emotional place than when they picked me up. There's no um, doubt about it.
3: Oh yeah. No, I have I still yeah. have questions lingering in the back of my head of mm-hmm. the post-apocalyptic variety.
1: Time for me to tell you about one of our sponsors. It's Smile Software, makers of Text Expander Touch 3 and many other excellent utilities for the Mac and for iOS. Text Expander Touch 3 is an app that has a custom keyboard. Now, you may know Text Expander on the Mac and on iOS as some uh, uh, great software that lets you type things, just a few letters, and then boom, they expand out into. Pretty much anything you can think of. Saves you time. You type a couple of things. It auto expands, really boosts your productivity on the Mac, and certainly boosts your productivity on the iPhone and the iPad. Text Expander Touch. Three, takes this to another level with this custom keyboard now in the past individual apps could support the text expander shortcut format and that was great but in lots of apps including all the stock apple apps there was no support you couldn't get to your text expander shortcuts you can with this custom keyboard you flip over to the text expander custom keyboard or you keep it open and you have access to all of those text snippets you type a couple of things boom Huge strings of text just pop out, and all you had to do was tap a couple of things with your thumbs. That is really great. You can type much more with a lot less effort, and it will grab your favorite snippets from your Mac and make them available to use on your iOS device. And another important point Text Expander Touch and Smile Software respect your privacy. You can go to their website and read a blog post called What About That Scary Full Access Warning that explains their privacy policy and how Smile Software is not going to read what you type which is very cool they're nice people and they're not going to do that text expander touch 3 comes with 14 different languages as well as lots of crazy keyboard layouts if you are not a qwerty person there are other options too. So, if you want to be more productive on your Mac and especially on your iOS device, Text Expander is the way to go. And Text Expander Touch Three with the custom keyboard really changes the game when it comes to using macros on iOS. For much more information, go to smilesoftware.com/incomparable. That will tell them that we sent you smilesoftware.com/incomparable. And thanks so much to Smile and Text Expander Touch Three for sponsoring the Incomparable. All right, here we go. The spoiler horn at the end of the world. If you don't want to listen to spoilers, jump to 55 minutes for What Are You Reading?
2: I'm going to be very careful as we talk about this here because I read them all in such close succession and... And because I read them on a Kindle, I've discovered that now that I'm I'm reading in an e-reader, I don't make the delineation between different books as much because I'm not seeing the covers. And I tend to forget the titles of books. If I wasn't looking at the Wikipedia page for the first one right now, I could not tell you the titles of the second and third books. And I don't know that I remember super well exactly where the line is between each one of them simply because it is such a consistent story and it really does flow. Each one has its own beginning, middle and and they have their own stories to be solved but it's a
3: beautiful arc oh Mm -hmm. my god i'm just yeah i the 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 pacing the way he links all three of them together each book has its distinct uh, its distinct narrative arc but the whole series just does a beautiful job from beginning to end too and i'm with you erica it's it's i have to stop and remind myself that oh yeah book two ends with insert event here you know <laughs> and and then book three starts with with this so last
1: policeman uh we you know we talked about the the themes a little bit one of the things that i, I like it so it's a, a suicide that he thinks is a murder there is of course a um i mean let's see there's there's the subplot with his sister. And there and and there's like the military base and all these things that are happening. And then there's the um, there's the the trying to figure out the the story of the guy and the guy who's hanging out with a with a with another guy. And then there's a, a woman who's involved because it's a detective story. Of course, he's going to unravel their lives and get in get involved with the woman who's involved in the mystery. As you do. As happens yes. so often, mm-hmm. Oh, detectives <laughs> most see they yes. don't write the books about the detectives who just do their job, and it's all boring, no. <laughs> and they just take care of it and It's uh, always a
2: femme fatale yep. in, in this case, it's kind of literal
1: yeah uh I, I liked I enjoyed the mystery, I enjoyed him unraveling it. I liked the fact that even in a in a standard mystery when a guy thinks it's it's a murder but everybody else thinks it's suicide, you're like, "Come on, it's a book, he's going to be right, but in this, I felt like. He might be wrong. I mean, I I, yeah. I don't know that the, the existence of that asteroid makes everything kind of, it, it throws everything out of, out of sync. And I start to think maybe this is not going to be that story. It's going to be some weird thing involving the end of the world. And, and, you know, it turns out not to be, it turns out that, that, that there is indeed a a, 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 a mystery to be solved involving a conspiracy to kill this guy and make it look like a suicide.
0: And it's nice because, you know, by, sort of starting it in media res. Um you know, he you're you're you don't necessarily know, except unless you've read the back of the book, that oh it's it's about the end of the world. So, you know, if you're trying to pick up details about what's going on in this world, it's all oblique. It's not, you know, well it's a McDonald's. Well it's not really a McDonald's. Right. You know?
3: Oh I love that when he explains which chains have collapsed oh, and which ones yeah. have not.
0: And just these little details that you pick up. So again, there's there's just enough doubt as to whether You know, maybe it really is a suicide. I don't know, right? Um, And, but, but yeah, I love that there's no like big thing saying, here's the situation now, right? It gives you everything you need to know. It's just all these details that sort of filter through the whole thing. And you, you learn stuff as you need to know it, as it makes the plot make more sense, which is, again, it's just beautiful.
1: Yeah. In the, uh, so in the, in the end, you know, there's, uh, I mean, we can, we can, recap the plot but basically he he follows leads that lead Mm -hmm. that that uh make you think there's a very nice red herring where you think that this is going to be about this guy who's doing insurance fraud who's because the insurance companies again are in a problematic place (laughs) because the world is coming to an end and lots of crazy things are happening
3: well they're they're disputing a lot of payouts too Mm -hmm. because they're they're no yeah
1: (laughs) what are you gonna do yeah. Um, you know, we'll we'll take it to court next year. Ha ha! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but in the end, it turns out that there's a there's a guy who's uh what distributing drugs out of the basement of the police station? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is, is that uh, the hospital or the hospital? hospital. You're right, the hospital. That's right. Um, and uh, but along the way, we have the femme fatale, and 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 a scene that could very easily have been, in other circumstances, not as meaningful but uh, what is interesting about this series is this this scene this uh this one evening the date that uh that the main character goes on um haunts him for the rest of the books which mm-hmm. i actually think is kind of great that yeah. it's that it's so meaningful to him and we're thinking about this woman that he spent you know one essentially night one night with and, and the it ha- that hangs over the other two books it's actually really kind of great that that's the case
3: he's haunted by women
1: I suppose so. His sister, because his too. his sister.
3: Yeah. Because yeah, his sister is the, the, his sister is the biggest ghost in his life, and she's right there half the time.
1: Oh, palace! <laughs> Will you ever learn? Probably no. not, an no. gonna <laughs> because the asteroid's going to hit. He's just about to learn, and boom! Yeah, and then we got the end.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so should we? Um, should we talk about the other books?
3: Why not? Why not? Let's all start. right. Let's do Consider the whole this thing. your
1: second spoiler horn. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right
1: horn blown yeah. mm-hmm. well well done lisa you pushed the button on the spoiler horn there good job
3: i guess i did <laughs> uh
1: countdown city I, so countdown city is the one that i um i think i feel like in some ways i i i remember the most because this this to me so at the end they basically shut down parts of the police force and uh, palace is out of a job so now he's kind of like a detective with you know like a private detective sort of except not but Mm -hmm. sort of Mm -hmm. and and this and and I love the structure of this one because this one is very much like it's like his his old nanny but it's very much like her husband has disappeared you gotta find him and it all kind of unravels when he starts to check out his the story there's like the bowling alley where they serve food that is where he worked and then he he has to figure out that they have a truck that they use to get supplies and he ends up in this one he ends up he ends up at the what the University of New Hampshire is that right? Yeah. It's um, it's, it's UNH has I believe. which b- become a hippie commune basically. Mm-hmm. Um and his sister he ends up there with his sister and they're trying to find out the the location of this guy um who is the husband of the nanny and wondering what he's up to and and, and what he's doing and 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 traces that story through and eventually comes to a like a coast guard is it a Coast Guard? Yeah, base? it's a yes. It's, yeah, a, it's
3: yeah. there's, there's a Coast Guard operation they interrupt.
1: Yeah, yeah, where he's where it turns out that this guy, um, is trying to prove to what save the people who are uh f- who have fled other places and are trying to come to the U.S. Yeah. on the off mm-hmm. chance that uh, since the asteroid is hitting in Ind- Indonesia, Indonesia that the yeah. U.S. may be <laughs> sa- a safer place to be, and these people are being like gunned down before they can ships land and- sinking the ships it's mm. yeah. oh, gruesome so yeah that it's really dark but that that i mean this has really the vision the vi- like visuals of this have stuck with me the 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 walls of the of the mm-hmm. university the with the uh, the fences and and being allowed in to those like high security perimeter and the bowling alley where there's the guy who's like, it's like the mob bowling alley, except they just, you know, it's, they're, they're mobbed up because it's the end of the world and they have food there. And then that last confrontation where he's, he, he meets the finally meets the husband and he's climbed up the side of that, that building. And it's just, it's just, yeah. What a crazy, better you know i I liked it better than the first one because i thought it was like even more memorable as things are spinning out of control um and and it really i I really enjoyed the thread that he keeps following because it's dogged right he's just like he's kind of reluctant to start but then in true detective story fashion once he gets that thread he just keeps pulling it he can't help but keep pulling it It, no no matter what the cost is the
3: second book i thought was actually the most disturbing of them all to be (laughs) honest with you (laughs) <laughs> um, because that's also the one where you discover that parents have been abandoning their children.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, that's
3: yeah. right. Yeah. There's yeah. like
1: the, uh, it's like, uh, urchins from a musical except
3: terrible. Except awful. Yes. <laughs> and you know, so you discover that's been going on. Um, the med- medical care has begun to deteriorate. Um, there's that weird vigil they have in Massachusetts where people just start standing up and reciting all the things they're going to miss at the end of the world. Um, you know, there's the there's the Denouement, there's the, the, the hucksters who took all those people for all their life savings for this 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 rescue uh, oh, yeah. program that will never ever come to fruition and yeah uh,
2: that one just it kind of made me go like yeah i mean i guess you you got some money but really like you you have three weeks to spend it or or whatever it just it seemed like a lot of work to go through to scam people like that's just you're really a terrible person if you're doing that because you're not going to really get much out of it
3: yeah it's just (laughs) awful So it's just it's just the second one is because the third book, I think the, the thing I really like about the third book is it's just this this very um, it's just the final unraveling where where he only has two big mysteries left to solve. And one of them is what the hell happened to his sister? Right. And the answer is not a surprise. This one
1: reminded me of a book that I really I read in high school that I really liked that was one of my favorite detective um, books uh called well in, in the same way that it that there's this kind of you know I I love that dread of I'm going to follow this case and it's going to go somewhere badly you know bad and it's going to be bad for me and it's going to end badly for everybody involved and yet I'm going to do it because that's just what's going to happen now it's that that darkness and it, that book is I think maybe out of print, it might be back in print now, called Strike Three, You're Dead, which is actually about a mm. baseball player investigating the murder yeah. of one of his teammates. And mm-hmm. for a book that is kind of quirky and strange and sounds like it might be wacky, it's actually really dark. <laughs> and then that's the first book in a series of of mysteries being solved by this former baseball player. And it's the same thing, which is personal life, you know, spinning apart, have to follow the case, leads to unpleasant locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I just the the reason i love that book is i love the tone i like i love that the main character is reluctant and yet can't just can't help it has to follow the path and that's i got that exact same tone and feeling and style from um from all these books but uh, especially countdown city yeah oh and the, and the diner the diner that serves almost nothing where he and his mm-hmm. two former police colleagues go because yeah. they like have nowhere else to go yeah. amazing <laughs> amazing
3: yeah no the um I mean, you, I, you sort of knew going into book number three, World of Trouble, that, that you're like, oh, this, this isn't going to end well. See, also Comet. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think for me that the thing that broke my heart a little bit is how he leaves police house and strikes out on his own. And it's just like the worst possible decision he can make. But like Jason said, he's got yeah. that thing in his nature that pushes him to keep going.
1: All right. We're going to just blow the, blow the whole whole wh- horn now. Mm-hmm. there it goes.
3: Yeah. And you know, his sister is the biggest mystery in his life and he's just compelled to try to solve what, whatever it is that Nico's on about. And you know, it's not going to end well, like, you know, from the minute you open the book, she hasn't, she hasn't, she's always a sign of something bad. in every single book, the minute he gets entangled with his sister, things get complicated and weird and murdery.
1: Erica, you know, (laughs) you mentioned the, 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 um, the, the dark, the darkness and that it ends up in a, uh, problematic place. Um... I, I will reinforce that by saying that the world of trouble reminds me a lot of the road.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Oh, yes. oh yeah. But you know, cause he is, he is traveling through and I think it's interesting. I, I
3: can't wait to get your reaction to station 11.
1: Cause well, well we're going to do that. We're going to do that for the, for the book club. So everybody seek some therapy before then. Yeah. because man, <laughs> no, More, more apocalypse is happening. Out. Yeah. I, I yeah. you know, it's
3: I, can't, not a... I can't stop thinking about the book. It's delightful. It's, it's an amazing book.
1: We'll get there. Um, <laughs> I, but uh, It's delightful. I mentioned, I mentioned the road, uh, <laughs> but it is like that in a sense. And this is actually something that I thought was weird in these books, is I don't get a sense by the time the third book happens that th- this is not the, the stand, right? People aren't dying in mass die-offs because of something that's happening. The thing is going to happen, and it's going to be the end of the world. And yet, in Worlds of Trouble, as he's riding his bicycle from Vermont to Ohio— the, the world seems pretty unpopulated and i i thought that was really um nice in terms of telling a story about the end of the world to have it be like we this is the world we we're leaving behind um that we we've already abandoned it and yet you know the people aren't really going anywhere and so on that level it didn't really make a lot of sense to me that it it seemed as empty as it did he runs into people here and there but it 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 just seemed like you know this kind of a this kind of an apocalypse where I don't know it felt like he was cheating and he was telling us a setting of an, a different kind of apocalypse than the one we're actually watching I felt like there I, should be more people around
2: I always figured the mass yeah. suicides yeah I got the feeling that there were more suicides and that, that he just sort of described some of the suicides and didn't want to bog things down with it and also that 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 some of these houses and, and places that he's passing are that, that many more of them perhaps than he can tell from the outside are still inhabited and wow. it's just people hunkering down because they don't want to run. In to run into anybody he does but have I, I his
1: think, code right of like what the different kinds of houses are of abandoned and, and fortified mm-hmm. and friendly well it's, and, yeah
3: the red towns versus the blue towns yeah. and then when you get to the, the red ones just are, are chilling and awful um, <laughs> but i think
2: uh, it I liked the the bits and pieces of the the folks that he found who were still you could retain their humanity to a certain extent. I think that it, it didn't completely balance out all of the, the the awfulness as far as, you know, making me feel good, but it was nice to see that that wasn't left aside that this wasn't, you know, we weren't completely dragged down by it. Some people still have uh, not only are some people still trying to to keep their their old job the way that he has been. But there are also people who have become even more um, selfless and are, are actually just trying to help out, um, you know, the the people traveling around and, and picking up the kids and just taking care of them. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, not a bad thing. Yeah.
3: I, I really like the twist with the Amish. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and, well, it's – and what I really enjoyed was how he said, no, I've lied to everybody and said that there's a huge plague – and that we have to stay quarantined right. because I don't want them to know what's happening. And I thought to myself, you know, wow, that's a terrible burden and a wonderful gift at the same time. And how must it feel to have to try to keep up that lie every day out of love, you know?
2: And it would work. That is a yeah. completely 100% right. plausible thing.
3: And it makes the ending just beautiful, you know? I, I, because I when I read the last chapter and I'm holding my, I was holding my breath through all of it, through the epilogue. And um, I, I, I literally was holding my breath through it. And then you know we get to the, the where they're having lunch together, uh-huh. and you know you get to the last page, and you're, <gasps> and then I was That's, like, oh my. It was that amazing. scene that
2: last paragraph was just burned into my mind. Yeah. It's yeah. just like that if of of any book I think that I've ever read that yeah. ending is is going to I think stick with me and has changed me more as a person yeah. than anything else I can think of.
3: Oh God yeah and but the thing that I liked about that ending so much was how, after spending basically a book and a half documenting the downward slide of humanity both as a conceit, no actually as a conceit as a species. And as a condition, you know, where we're basically devolving into selfish apes and people are killing each other for dumb reasons and, and all that, like he chooses to end on this, this note of deliberate community, and deliberate mm-hmm. calm, deliberate support and complicity where he agrees to be complicit in the lie. And Atley agrees because he's like, no one should have to be alone today. And I just, I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's a remarkably upbeat ending. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> where where he's basically affirming that yeah people can cho- people can choose to be good under awful circumstances over and over again they can choose to be good and and I thought that was just a beautiful way to end the book
1: <laughs> well when you talk about him sticking the landing i mean th- this is now that we're now that we're safely uh, behind many spoiler horns um <laughs> balance of, of spoiler
3: horns had a veritable symphony <laughs> I,
1: yeah so many spoiler horns um uh, the, the budget for this episode is very large we had to bring an extra <laughs> extra <laughs> horns. yeah
0: the one thing i really appreciated in this it, it reminded me by by the end of the third one uh it reminded me of the movie pen and teller get killed where <laughs> at, at the end of the movie sure enough Penn and teller get killed and the camera pulls up in this long crane shot or helicopter shot and and Penn's voice comes on and goes well we named the movie penn and teller get killed what did you expect would happen yeah and it's like <laughs> yeah the 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 thing I really like about this is that uh there's no it's not a plot about saving the end of the world it's not a plot of, mm-hmm. about trying sure. to get out of it it's just here's what's gonna happen over here you know oh yeah um
1: yeah and that that goes back to what Lisa was saying about um and they never Scott,
3: they never blink on it. Scott yeah.
1: mentioned this and I, and I mentioned it too on on previous podcasts and and so I guess technically that would be considered a spoiler but it really is more like you want to give the reassurance like you know the series is what it's a, it, it's about what it's about and right. it would be a rip off if in the end there was a miracle and and it, it doesn't happen and the way it ends is we can talk about later but um it it it's you know I didn't feel like I um I was ripped off, and I, I appreciate that. That yeah. it, it does what it says on the label. This is what this story is about. It's not not about that. It's it's telling <laughs> you the truth and what it's about. Yes. The the hard thing to talk about when you're not trying to spoil it when you say he stuck the landing is he he does not shy away from he does not swerve and say well maybe in fact most of the information you get as things go along is just confirming. It's, uh yeah, this is going to happen, right? You keep wanting that moment of like, well, maybe. And instead, the information is like, no, 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 really, it's not going to happen. <laughs> They're not going to survive this. It's just, I, and then you think, well, maybe it's going to hit in Indonesia. Maybe that'll be okay for us in the US. No, that's not going to be okay either. Well, what if we're away from the oceans and we're in the, no, that's not going to, and it just keeps going like that. And yet, and in the end, while he never blinks from that, what what you don't get, which I actually kind of love, I, I was dreading it and I was happy not to see it, is you don't get to see what happens next.
2: No. Yes. I completely agree because as much as I'm curious about it, I it, I, I firmly believe that some things should be left up to your imagination. Right. Yeah. It's, just, it's better that way. Right. Yeah, other I've...
1: Other books are available that deeply depict the horrible things that happen at the very end of the world. But here...
3: Yeah it goes out on an up note. Basically Henry has
1: Henry has had his journey, right? He's taken his journey. And if, if, if what happens is sometime in the next 2 hours some, you know, a shock wave happens and, and breaks their bones and destroys the house and he bleeds to death or or whatever it is, you know, something terrible happens and they all die, right? That's what's going to happen next. It doesn't matter at this point, it doesn't matter because this is the part that matters. is the way it ends, and, and and I wanted to talk a little bit about the 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 mystery of a sort that's in the in this. Not only does he take his little trip, but he ends up at the uh, police station where there's like a bunker that's been constructed underneath where the uh, fake "We're Going to Save the World" cult that includes his sister is going to uh, end up. And this is where he finds his sister and finds that um, finds that she's
2: dead. And he missed her by so very little time. If he would have not stopped to help somebody else along the way, yeah. he might have been there in time to save her.
3: The, the way he deals wow. with her murder, the person who murders his sister, the, 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 the way he deals with that murder is just phenomenal because it shows that again and again, he chooses to, to stick to that internal standard of civilization and he chooses compassion. Right. And it's almost like he's subbing in what he wishes he could have done for Nico for this woman. Yeah. Um, you know, and mm. and he does point out, well, you were you were tripping balls at the time and there was a lot going on. Yeah. And <laughs> well,
1: and I, I think one of the things I really like about this in terms talk about your your wacky uh, confrontation scenes in in detective stories and noir detective movies and things like that. The 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 battle in the bunker where we've <laughs> yeah. got like an extra guy who we didn't know he mm-hmm. was there because he was asleep or high or something and 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 all of that. And then. Uh, it ends up being a really great kind of uh, dramatic actiony uh, climax to the to this this mystery. Um, I really liked that. I thought this is like so bizarre. It's like we're gonna we're gonna go down in the bunker where they're supposed to be riding out to the end of the world. We're gonna break open the impregnable bunker and see who's down there. I, 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 and and that gets just increasingly weird. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was so strange and uh, and then in the end, um, the choice Henry makes is not to stay mm-hmm. in the bunker.
3: Yeah. I was a little heartbroken by Cortez because I, I really loved him through the second book. And when he shows up at the end of the second book to police house in a horse-drawn carriage and he's got coffee, and he's like, what? I just know where to find the And I'm like, this is what the... And I was like, well, this is what the book needs. It's this random element of, of, of levity. And, you know, because he he kind of provided this, 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 this wild card. Well, you know, what the heck? I might as well... Like, there was a certain lightness of of character that i liked and then in book number
2: three it goes away at the end and i was like
3: cortez why why did you have to be this mm.
2: way i liked i like that because he it, they bring him in and he is yes he's funny but he is funny with an edge and with a dark side and he is he's not a good guy and yeah. i was worried actually yeah. that he was going to soften him up and have some sort of redemption arc for him by the end and the fact that that didn't happen made me i think just as happy as the fact that he didn't wuss out when it comes to killing the entire earth with an asteroid it was the same kind of a same kind of a a realism kind of thing going on and another thing that happened towards the end there that i enjoyed was the fact that um not only is cortez sort of paralleling the uh, the world and the asteroid but we also have a weird little parallel for for palace himself because the we find out that uh that, that there's an fbi agent who he hasn't realized was an fbi agent this whole time who is also trying to find his sister and trying to save her because he sort of sees the same thing in her that 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 palace does and uh, they both fail and yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel bad for both yeah. of them
3: i think you're right about cortez i i just i i always like the trope of the uh the the rogue who the rogue who decides to have a, a last minute change of heart and i think you're right it would not have worked here
1: he ain't a no nice guy <laughs> yes <laughs> and
3: maybe that's what makes it more poignant is is the fact that some people are true to their natures even when there's no reason not to be
1: the, I, I also like how this story comes to rest. Um, with the exception of the the um, the Amish farm that we get at the very end, the story comes to rest at an empty police station. So we're back. Henry is also back in in the police station, and and I like the sense that it's sort of like there's the vending machines and the kitchen and it's sort of I I pictured it as the you know a strangely clean and together police station that just has nobody in it but this is henry's this is where henry gets to solve his last case
2: and he still managed to find sort of a friend because he's reading through the the journals of uh, of that one detective and right. decides he liked her he liked her yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Get, he gets he makes a connection yeah. right there
1: right and she she figures out what's going on and then the very sadly he he finally puts together what her last entry means and how that did, that was a very bad day in the town and <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I just, I, I, I love the fact that he doesn't want to stay in the bunker because part of me is like, no, dude, you got a bunker. They, they made a, they made a doomsday bunker, and it's doomsday. How perfect is that? And it's open, and you can just go in, and they've got stuff down there, and you can, you know, who knows? There's a vending machine with candy. Just uh, give it a shot. You never know. And, um, but I like that he, that he chooses not to do that, right? Because it goes back to what Lisa was saying that this is about somebody. Um, you know, in one way, this is death with dignity. This is him deciding he's going to go out his, you know, in a, in a civilized fashion and the world is going to not end with, uh, you know, just everybody tearing everything apart, but it's going to end with sort of family and community. And uh, I I don't know, you're going to, you're going to go down with your, with your boots on and not cowering in the ground in a hole hoping to eke out a a few more months um and i like that i like that that's the decision he makes at the end
2: yeah 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 i'm I'm totally with you
3: amen (laughs) amen
1: good for him good job hank Mm -hmm. palace good good job well and and
0: how how boring would it have been if he had stayed in the bunker right that's
1: that's not how it's got to (laughs) end well
2: that's true right
1: the end. And they lived in the bunker forever. <laughs> the end.
2: Yeah. I mean, really, that's when you think about it, I, I would find that a much more depressing ending. Oh, yeah. Even if there's some sort of hope that in 15 years he can, you know, continue on. I just that. What a horrible existence that probably is. I, I just I, I still have thoughts about that poor girl down there all by herself. Like, but that she's going to go insane. Yeah, like, that's not OK.
1: So, so, palace, she said, I guess you're the last policeman the end that would not be so good that would not be so good i i don't i don't advocate that ending i'm glad that they, they didn't do that I, I i i mean we didn't mention it but i really love where he kind of runs the um runs the gauntlet a little bit in terms of getting to the amish farm i really enjoyed that that not only does he meet the he meets the wacky couple the like naked couple <laughs> yeah. with the rv and and realizes that there's like the is it like metal work that's done by the? There's the stamp or concrete work that's concrete, done mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, with the stamp from the Amish guy, and he puts that together, and then he goes out to the farm and is uh, basically threatened and told to leave, and and. With bodily harm and chooses not to. And I really liked that too, that he's hard headed at that moment and he just wants to get this solved. And I, yeah, I'm not a bad guy, you, you know. And I, I just, it's, uh, there's just some moments that really have stuck with me from these books. Really,
2: you if know. there's ever a, you know, I've got nothing to lose sort of a time, this is probably it. So, yeah. I, 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 I could see myself perhaps being even more hard headed than normal and, and really going for it uh, in that sort of a situation. Cause, you know, he keep, and he keeps sort of saying to himself, this is you know I, I don't have much time i've got to get this figured out he really mm-hmm. he's the policeman he's a detective yeah. he needs to solve the mystery before it's all over
0: yeah i mean it, it really follows through the the classic noir tropes of you know again the the detective who has to find the truth and and just this sort of streak of nihilism except you know in a philip marlowe novel the world isn't literally going to end but here it is um but but again you know it's all those tropes that that chandler and hammett were using too
1: exactly yeah these are these are all detective stories and crime stories there's just this whole, whole other layer that i mean the darkness of of something like a like a noir that might that that might seem like where where's where that coming from i guess it's coming from the souls of corrupt people and things like that it's like here it's well you know it's the asteroid
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's kind of like raymond chandler's on the beach
1: yeah there you go
3: wow <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah see david does it again
3: yeah Wow! Drops well the mic. Yep. Off he goes. He's done. <laughs> yeah,
1: if, if you if you chose to be be spoiled anyway and still haven't read these books, you should read them. If you like if you like it, but again, as Erica said, you should probably be in a good place. They are they are hard on. They're they're easy to read, but they they take you on an emotional journey. I mean, you are journeying through the um, it, it's 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 tough. There's tough. It's tough stuff, and it's a dark place. And although it ends on uh, what is an up note for a series of books like this it's not that kind of up note <laughs> it's the end of the world up note but it's it's not it that does, kind and of up you though. know your character that. comes to rest at, a, yes. at an appropriate place yeah
3: it's very satisfying from a narrative perspective from an emotional perspective you will be a wreck for about 24 hours <laughs> uh, at
1: least at least
3: <laughs> yeah you'll you'll have well no i don't know if the rest of you had this but i had the what would i do oh mm-hmm. well oh, sure yeah mm-hmm. that's
1: why would you read a book about the end of the world and not ask yourself what you'd do at the end of the world? That's the whole yeah. point.
3: Yeah, and I, 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 found myself, and I, I didn't get any closer to clarity over the course of three books. No. I, mm. uh, you know, and I was, I was, I was like, well, I know I wouldn't be the, like this person, or I would not want to do that. And then I thought, well, I just don't know.
1: <laughs> well, you, you, um, you, we need to find John Syracuse's uh, mountain top readout. I, I was just gonna uh, say.
3: Oh, does he already have a plan? He's uh, he's gonna pick a mountain he's, top.
1: Uh, he's always got a plan. I, I
0: was gonna say I'm I'm gonna go go hang out with John Syracuse and not go anywhere near Lex.
3: <laughs> don't <laughs> go to Lex. No,
1: don't go to Lex's house.
3: Why? What is Lex planning on doing? Is he going to eat us all at the barbecue? Well,
1: did you know this was this was were you not on the Dog Stars? No, I was not. That that was, oh, well, no. that's the one. I, I'll. well, yeah, you could listen to that in here. Lex, to Lex and despairs that episode. for the lives of his children and would end would end their end their lives in a gentle way before the zombies come. And John Syracuse is like, no, no, I got a plan. Send your kids to me. I'll take care of them. We'll all be fine.
3: Oh my God, I <laughs> yeah. love the idea of Syracuse so, running so, the orphanage so, uh, of being comparable. Yeah, oh my
1: God. yeah. John Syracuse has got us all handled. We has got a plan. my daughter oh. there. Yeah, he's got a plan. He's got a plan mm-hmm. for all of us, John.
3: He's like Jesus that way. I, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> yes.
1: That's what I was going for. That, that is. Uh, thank you for I'm just for bringing my imagery into oh. sharper It's relief. the world's
3: longest gospel. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> At the end of the world, John Syracuse will take care of all of us don't worry in the <laughs> opening
3: together <laughs> oh. yes
1: um it's into the hypercritical society <laughs> that is to come <laughs> you can't pronounce it like that
3: this is the only time we have laughed during this podcast so, is how yeah. serious the books are oh yeah, yeah.
1: so uh, you know again you need to be in, in the right place you need to to be willing to take that journey but um especially if you like good uh police stories detective stories it uh I, uh, it was not work to go through them. It it left an emotional impact, but they were all really, really um, enjoyable, fun. I don't. Again, it, it, they they pulled me through it. They they. I, I I did not want to stop reading at any point in all three books. I just wanted to keep reading them. So take that for what it's worth. That's a, but not fun. Sorry, Erica. I shouldn't say fun. <laughs> yeah. Fun is the wrong. Leaves the wrong impression.
0: (laughs) Another series that reminds me of is Martin Cruz Smith's books about Detective Arkady Renko, who starts as a a Ah. Moscow police detective. Then he goes through all kinds of horrible jobs that he's forced through after he pursued the truth to its end. And then he winds up being a detective again after the fall of the Soviet Union. And and again, it's sort of that that, uh, nihilistic, hopeless kind of existence Although, again, it doesn't literally mean the end of the world. Um, but, it, but it's that same kind of, I don't know, that same, same kind of mood for the detective.
1: All right. Well, you've, been, you've gotten our recommendations and our warnings. <laughs> Take them for what you will.
3: <laughs> don't listen to the Smiths while reading this. Don't. Yeah, yeah certainly
1: not. Have, have, a, have a bunch of uh, DVDs of romantic comedies ready to go. Or, case... or
3: YouTube clips of the stuff that makes or, you laugh, or whatever your there. comfort
1: food is. Yeah. Lots of have chocolate. Those ready to go. Watch Love Actually. Yeah. So Erica, not season eight of Doctor Who, then, right? No. Mm. <laughs> no. Have have some some. Anyway, uh, before we go, I'd like to go around and ask people, uh, what are you reading? Is there a book that you've read lately, or that you're that you know that you just finished that you would like to, or Again, it could be recently that you'd like to recommend or mention that you, you read. This is a good time to do that because this is the time where I'm going to ask you that. David, what are you reading?
0: <laughs> well, I'm since I'm in writing mode right now, I'm all nonfiction um, because if I start reading fiction, I will start just unconsciously un, uh, picking up the style of whatever I'm reading, and that's not a good thing. So I just finished a book called When Magoo Flew, The History of the UPA animation studio where they did Mr. Magoo and Gerald McBoing, Boing, uh, but they also did some brilliant standalone, uh, like adaptations of James Thurber and Edgar Allan Poe. And, uh, a lot of the graphic work they did has influenced advertising and animation since then. Um, so it's a really fascinating book and, and it's, it was sort of an idyllic studio that just sort of fell apart when, uh, when push came to shove, but it's it's a really interesting story. And then I went from that into Yes, Please by Amy Poehler, because Amy Poehler.
2: Mm.
1: Erica, what are you reading?
2: Well, I... I needed some comfort reading, actually. Right. After <laughs> all of that. So I reread uh, one of my favorite, uh, probably my favorite Sarah Addison Allen books. And I think I mentioned her on the last book club. Um, the first book I ever read by her was called The Sugar Queen. And it's a it's about a young girl who, well, she's actually not that young. She's like 27. Um, but she is very, very sheltered. And her mother has been Sheltering her on purpose because she just wants her to take care of her, and uh, and she eats a lot, and she's a a, a heroine, a main character who is is basically overweight and they don't make a big deal about it in the book but it is it is one of the uh, attributes of her and she comes home one day to find a uh, one of these sort of tawdry women in town hiding in her closet and blackmails her because she finds her secret stash of candy in the back of this closet and, um, <laughs> and says you need to let me hide here I'm going to tell everybody about, about this and then it, it's it's a very sort of heartwarming story over the course of it um, this girl gets helped by the the more worldly woman, and and there's there's a little bit of supernatural stuff going on, which would I it would ruin the book if I if I explained it, just in case anybody wants to read it. So I had to read that again to kind of calm myself and make myself happy. And then the other thing I've been reading is uh, the first issue of Uncanny Magazine, which is. A new magazine of short fiction and um, interviews and and essays and stuff mm-hmm. that I am producing the podcast, co-producing with, with my husband, Stephen, co-producing the podcast for. So um, I got a free subscription yay <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> yeah i saw you tweeting about that the other day i have a kickstarter mm-hmm.
2: subscription for that so I, yeah i i, I actually did I, I actually did kick in money on kickstarter so technically i guess it wasn't free but <laughs> we'll work for subscriptions but i've been really enjoying it there are some excellent excellent stories in there and yeah. i've uh I've, I've really been enjoying it. i'm still not quite all the way through the first one because i've been so busy but i'm getting there and i'm loving it great lisa what are you reading
3: I just finished Station Eleven and I Can't Shut Up About It um, <laughs> by Emily St. John Mandel. And um, I really hope we do an incomparable book club about this soon because...
1: Yeah, that's going to be on the agenda for, for January.
3: It is basically... Do you remember how during the Stan podcast, we were like, well, how would this work in an era of the internet? Um, uh-huh. And this book, we're not quite sure. Well, this book basically answers that question. Mm. <laughs> and it's wonderful and lyrical and... Um, There are there there's a there's a there's an indie comics um, plot line that runs through it as well as the as well as a flu that devastates the end of the world. It's beautiful. Um, And again, I can't stop thinking about it. The uh, other things I've been reading. um, I'm a huge Sherry S. Tepper fan. Um, I don't think she gets enough credit in sci-fi circles and I finished her most recent novel, which is fishtails, which is about preparing for the coming environmental apocalypse. Oh (laughs) Um, and along those lines, I am currently, I'm also reading slow apocalypse by John Varley. So obviously I'm on some sort of, (laughs) some sort of thematic streak here, but, um, Tepper and Tepper and Varley are both longtime favorites of mine. Um, I am more engaged in their older work, but I have not yet figured out whether it's because I was a younger reader then and it was easier to fall into books and not climb out, or um, if you know, it's 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 old, an old reader means an old author, and there's a lot of baggage on both ends. I don't know, but um, I'm hopeful that the that Varley's book Slow Apocalypse is, is a return to form because he kind of veered off track with his Mars series. And um, I'm also reading William Gibson's The Peripherals in Fi- The Peripheral oh. in Fits and Starts. Um, well, the thing about Gibson is, if I have like six hours and a head cold, it's <laughs> really, really fun because you know you just like. Take a lot of Sudafed, and mm. it lets you fall right into his prose style because his prose <laughs> style is, is simultaneously spare and overheated. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. reading, so to me tonally, he's kind of the equivalent of of like that that out of that that out of your head feeling that you get the first day you have a really bad cold. So I like to read him when I'm sick, just because I, I this way like what I'm feeling in my head matches up with what I'm seeing on the screen.
1: <laughs> so so Station Eleven, uh, Scott McNulty, the. Uh, mentioned at the beginning, helping his mom, good son, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he all, he said that uh, Station Eleven is, I believe, his favorite book of the year. We'll have to check in wow. with him. Uh, it's on phenomenal. Year end uh, episode to make sure, but uh, yeah, everybody likes it, and I've got it in the queue, but I haven't I haven't read it yet. Um, I'm currently reading Ancillary Sword by Ann Leckie, the sequel to An- Ancillary uh, Justice. I'm um, about two thirds of the way through it. Love it. Uh, another good one. And I I finished the Madness of Angels, which I mentioned on a previous podcast, the the London urban fantasy podcast that I was reading. I did finish that. That was very long. It was good, but it was so long, very long. So I'm not going to come back to that series for a while, I think. And the book that I finished is The Peripheral by William Gibson, which starts... it it is what maybe the most confused i've been in a science fiction book in a long time where it starts where i like i'm not sure who these people are or what they're doing or what i'm supposedly seeing and then there's a moment for me there's a moment um i don't know i, I read it on the kindle so i'm gonna say like 15 percent of the way through 15 20 of the way through where i'm like oh and at that point it was uh you know it was delightful actually the rest of the way through it is a very strange book with a very strange premise um it, yes it's so weird and i'm not sure i'm not sure i like how it ends only because i'm not quite sure I, I kind of felt like he just said, "Okay, that's enough. Shows over, everybody." And then, and then, the, and then the story was over. Goodbye. Beat it. Get out. because uh, so, I, I read it and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, that was a lot of fun. That was a fun ride." And then the next day, I was thinking about, "Wait, how does it end?" That's it? what you know. And it's not <laughs> like it ends like to be continued or something. It's more like, really okay. That was, I guess, that was the end he wanted. It it, it ends strangely, mm. I guess I would say. But I, I found it so enjoyable to go from being completely baffled about what I was reading to getting it and then taking sort of delight in the weird um, alternate futures that we see. And that's a little hint. There's two timelines that are intersecting in various it's so oh, bizarre good.
3: i'll stock up on the Sudafed. It's so yeah you may need some
1: you may need some extra extra uh, nyquil to chase the Sudafed to. oh my god Robo just right but anyway i in the end i did enjoy it
3: comparable does not endorse robo tripping before no. <laughs> science fiction
1: but but uh you know except for william gibson apparently but anyway the yeah. peripheral I, I i enjoyed reading it and then afterward i was like hmm what was that <laughs> uh which is kind of funny but uh it was it was fun to read it so yeah that's what i'm reading and that means we've reached the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a podcast we did a podcast we talked about books i like talking about books we should do we should do sta- uh station 11 i think we're gonna have to do that
3: yeah oh my god well the- erica the-
1: just opt out <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's so. find a happier book. Why do we keep reading these apocalypse books? I don't know all of
3: my friends who read these book club quality books and went crazy over Donna Tartt and all that all of them are just hysterical with joy over Station Eleven as well. It really is one of these books that works across multiple audiences. Yeah,
1: it's on it's on all the uh, 10 best books of the year list that I've seen coming out. Wow. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely yeah. um, it's it's a it's a zeitgeisty kind of uh i've read it twice book. so far because wow. the
3: first no the first time i read it straight through and then the second time i went back because th- it's non-linear so the first time i read it through and then the second time i went back because i read i have it on my kindle and the second time i went back and picked apart certain plot threads to see how well they hung together hmm. and how well they spin out individually oh. and the and rereading it the second time just made me like it more good sign yeah it's oh my god it's amazing all right,
1: so stay tuned for that in January. Um, but that that wraps up this edition of the Incomparables Book Club. Scott, thank you for not participating. I don't know. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for moving your mom is what I'm saying. Thank you for being a good son. Hello. That, that we thank you for. <laughs> David, Laura, thanks for being here.
0: Thank you. I will see you all at Syracuse's.
1: Yeah. Um, we'll yes. Yeah. Next next year in Syracuse's mountaintop readout. <laughs> Lisa Schmeiser, thank you for being here.
3: Thank you. I hope I'm invited to Syracuse. Yes, (laughs) sure. Come
1: on along. And uh, Erica Ensign, uh, you can go to John Syracuse's or his Canadian equivalent if you prefer. Thank you for being here.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: And uh, to everybody out there, thanks for listening. The world, despite what you've heard, will continue. So we'll see you next week.